This is the Investor Mindset Podcast, and I'm Stephen Pesavento. And for as long as I can remember, I've been obsessed with understanding how we can think better, how we can be better, and how we can do better. And each episode, we explore lessons on motivation and mindset from the most successful real estate investors and entrepreneurs in the nation. Investor Mindsetters, welcome back to another great episode. And I just got done with an awesome, awesome, awesome conversation. Carla Blumenthal is an emotional coach, and we're going to talk all about her background. But I just want to give you guys a quick preview. She's training people on emotional fitness and how to get your emotions in line so you can be an amazing leader, amazing partner in your relationships, both in business and in life. And what I loved about this episode is that we talked about how do you break those emotional cycles where you're not really doing things the way you want to, where maybe showing up in a way that isn't helpful to you. Um, there's so many great strategies. She walks through her exact formula for making change. Um, and I'm really excited about this episode. I hope you guys will listen all the way through because she's giving a nice free bonus at the end, totally free. And I actually went through it myself. I got a ton of great results um, and she put that together just for our listeners. So uh, without further ado, I have to encourage you guys, go drop us a five-star review, go hit that subscribe button on YouTube and please head to theinvestormindset.com and join the Insider Club where you can find out more great tips and tricks. And most importantly, you can find out information about the Investor Mindset Summit. We're putting on a two-day summit. It's going to be uh, November 1st and November 2nd. It's going to be all online. So everybody all around the country and around the world can tune in and listen, ask questions and participate. Personal development for real estate investors. We're going to have some amazing speakers. The speaker list is incredible. And they're going to be teaching and training on the different sectors of real estate and how we can take our mindset and these tactical strategies and put them into work so you can start building your business. Whether you're an extremely experienced investor, you're gonna get some strategies about how you can go a little bit further, or if you're a brand new investor and you're thinking about getting started or somewhere in between, we're gonna have some great, great content about how to break those limiting beliefs and how to take these, these tactical real estate strategies and put them into place. So make sure you head to theinvestormindset.com, join the Insider Club so you can get the information first as we're giving away tickets to anyone who signs up who is a mindset listener. So without further ado, let's jump into this episode. All right, guys, welcome back to the Investor Mindset Podcast. I am very excited. I have Carla Blumenthal in the studio today. How are you doing, Carla? I'm fantastic. How are you, Stephen? I am amazing. And Carla coaches thoughtful, high-achieving men to build strong relationships and a more successful career is through emotional intelligence, which I think is super important. She's coached executives and senior leaders across the U.S. in a ton of different professions, including real estate, tech, marketing, entertainment. She's worked with DJs. She's worked with Emmy-nominated entertainers, you know, PR Week 40 under 40 CMOs, Facebook executives. I mean, the list just keeps going on. She's worked with a ton of high-achieving people, but her specialty in particular is coaching them from the emotional perspective. So you ready to jump into this, Carla? Let's dive in. All right. Well, obviously you're helping people figure out one of the most important things is how do you, how do you live a better emotional life, which emotions is directly tied to happiness and you know the quality of the relationships we have. So tell me, if we start by taking a look back at your life, what events or influences from your childhood, from growing up, from being a kid, shaped who you are today? Great question. So growing up, I was 
quite quiet and uh, introverted um, and basically was sort of overwhelmed by the world around me. Mm-hmm. And even there's a funny story. Uh, I actually have a photo in my apartment here of myself as a preschooler. And in the preschool teacher came up and every time someone would try to, an adult try to speak with me, I was so overwhelmed and shy that I just sort of opened my mouth and didn't say anything. So I have this photo of me in my apartment to remind me of who I used to be when I was younger quiet, introverted. And that Uh actually, I used to see all of those qualities as negatives, right? Uh And that they were holding me back from, you know, being out in, in the world. But what I realized over time, more recently in my adulthood, is that those are actually incredible superpowers when I Mm -hmm. use them for what they really are. And what I mean by that is over time, I realized I'm quite perceptive, I'm quite intuitive and aware of the surroundings and what's the nuances of what's going on around me. And so looking at my childhood and seeing that I was, uh, you know, quiet and and sometimes overwhelmed by thoughts or emotions. But now that I've built my own strategies and my own way of seeing that these are superpowers when I learn how to utilize them in the right way, um, it's actually really transpired across my work and what I do day to day and and my relationships. Oh, I could absolutely imagine. I mean, when you can take something that is at your core and you can learn to accept it and appreciate it mm-hmm. and recognize that it that it is something that can really help you move forward, you know, it it frees you from feeling that feeling of not being enough, which frankly people don't ever want to admit, but a lot of people feel it and you know they feel it in some part of their life. So, I'm curious you know, how did you go about finding those things out? How did you go about figuring out that those things were actually, you know, a, a benefit and not a negative? Totally. Well, it's taken many years and it's come through my own, uh, honestly, my own pain and learning over time. Um, really, I... I moved to New York City, which is sort of the opposite of what you think that someone who is maybe more introverted would do. But honestly, I was drawn to so much of the energy of the city. And Mm -hmm. um, growing up, if we take a step back, growing up, I actually did a lot of theater and acting um, because I realized being uh, in someone else's shoes actually freed me in many ways. And Mm -hmm. I learned about thoughts and emotions and all this, you know, sort of characters in our worlds. Um, And that allowed me to just feel much more confident. Um, So doing that when I was a teenager um, and realizing, wow, New York City is like the place to be if you you want to do that. Um, I just always knew that I wanted to be there no matter what I was doing. Um, So Uh I ended up moving to New York and uh, basically worked in advertising and marketing um, over several years. And I was let go from my job in 2014. And as like a type A person, that was really um, a huge turning point for me of saying, mm-hmm. okay, I've done everything by the books, right? Like mm-hmm. what my parents said I should do, what the university said, what you know bosses said. And realizing that you can do everything by the books and still be unhappy, still feel 
um, not just that you are yourself, right? And also that you aren't contributing the way you want to be. So that's still not in control. When a type A person, you want to be in control and you find out I am doing all the things so that I can have that. And then I don't. Totally, totally. So that was the big turning point. And basically starting in 2014, I went on um, several years of studying, studying, uh, working with different coaches, uh, reading every book I could and um, learning about my childhood, learning about what made me tick and learning more about myself. So it was through some you know, some feelings of like, of being disconnected, feelings of um, unhappiness that actually, and ultimately letting, being let go from my job, that sort of was the turning point to learning more about, about myself. Absolutely. Well, I've learned to love this stuff because I believe that, you know, when you can reach inside and understand yourself, you can understand others and Mm. understanding others and connecting with others is kind of the key. What would you say though, because, you know, a lot of people are not at that point where they're ready to accept it. A lot of people think, well, this sounds proof for, I don't want to look inside. Why does this stuff matter? Mm. Yeah, I hear you. And that's what, uh, I was like that, you know, I'm like, what, what is there? What else is there? Everything is right. I'm, I'm taking a lot of action. I'm, I'm living in New York, you know, uh, being able to, you know, live the life right on paper. Uh-huh. But what I realized is even though you, you know, I did that. I'll speak for myself. Even though I did that, there was um, still this this just disconnection. I just felt like, I, why am I still not fulfilled? Um, and I searched, you know, traveled, did you know everything I could outside. But what I realized is, at the turning point I was at, is wow, there's so much inside my brain, inside my heart, inside my emotions that. I've never even considered. I didn't even mm-hmm. know was there. And so I hear you. Sometimes it, you know, in starting working with in the work I do now with as a coach, clients are sometimes like, what it wait, you know, questioning, what are we doing here? What is all yeah. of this stuff of looking inside? But I can tell you there's so much that uh is is trying to come out and express itself. Um, and so looking inside actually will provide you more clues um, when you combine it with taking action on the outside. Yeah, absolutely. It definitely it definitely will. And it sometimes comes out in ways you don't want it to, mm. which is why it's so important to be able to dig in. So tell us a little bit more about what your primary focus is. What is it that you do and, and how do you help people? Sure. So I work with thoughtful, ambitious men, uh, helping them have successful careers and uh, more fulfilling relationships. And you, I mean, you listed who I, who I work with, but basically everyone sort of shares the same traits, right? They're all um, at some type of turning point or crossroads or just ready to see something differently or take different action in their life. Mm-hmm. And they're really curious. Like, what else is there? What mm-hmm. I, I had a client say to me one time, once again, I did everything in the book and I'm still not happy. And I the equation that I had been using my whole life wasn't producing the same results. So mm-hmm. I need a new equation and I don't know what that is. 
And that's the exact work that I work on is helping clients build that new equation for themselves. And I have some clues <laughs> around what that is, but for each person, it's going to look, it's going to look different. Um, but that's why taking a look at um, all these different areas of their life, um, you know, starting with childhood, mindset, emotions, all these um, areas is, is a really important process. And if somebody is going to get started on that process, I mean, where do they start? Because if you're coming into it brand new, fresh, and you're feeling like, mm, I'm working on my investing business, I'm making mm -hmm. moves, or I'm trying to get started, but I just can't seem to get over the fact that I don't feel like I've got it, or there's something that keeps holding me back. I've got all the tactics, but I can't, I, I'm just not doing it. You know, where does somebody get started working on some of this stuff? Mm -hmm. Well, it's a great question. So, um, there's, I actually have a process that I'd love to share. Um, I call it the I gain process or method. And basically it's, it's quite simple. So you first, the I stands for inventory. A lot of people just sort of set goals and like just make a, a run for it. But unless you inventory where you are, um, really describe and take an honest look at what the problems are. Describe in detail. I like to write this out. Um, describe in detail the problems, what's coming up for you and um, your, your current situation. You'll have a really good idea of actually communicating any issues going on and what you need to learn. So that's the mm -hmm. a really important part is inventorying because um, in or when you do that, you can actually set much more specific goals, which is G, uh, you know, really mm -hmm. setting those goals and that they're aligned with, you know, any challenges that are going on or where you want to go. The A in gain is action. So really taking consistent action on those goals. Um, and I think that's where a lot of people, you know, a lot of people set the goals and take action and maybe it's, you know, one or two bursts, but the consistency over time is, is really important in being disciplined in that way. Um, and then we head into the I in gain, which is integrate. So mm -hmm. the integration is a big part, right? We can look at how long habits take um, and, you know, there's different uh, scientific research, but it's about, these, I've heard 66 days or so of integrating these habits. Um, so that's new habits, routines, rituals, the consistent action that you've been doing in the A part. Mm -hmm. um, and then lastly, you reach a new normal. So whether you reach your goal or not, you've ideally like up-leveled in some way. And mm -hmm. the, the N is the new normal. So this I gain process, what's so cool about it is you can like consistently go through it. Sometimes it's a short amount of time. Sometimes it's over several years. But what what's cool is you'll always loop back. So you're always reaching for that new up level and you can continue to go back to inventory where you are and then continue through the, the process again. But those the inventory and the integration um, are really, really important. Yeah. And that makes so much sense, right? So it, it, you're really getting an idea of where you're at and then you figure out where you want to go. You take action and then you make it, you make it the new, the new normal. You make totally. it what you're doing on a daily basis. But when you're just getting started and mm -hmm. you don't know what you don't know, yes. um, how do you figure out the awareness of where the issue is, right? Mm. Or, or what to do or how to solve it? Um, because I feel like it can, it can actually get overwhelming. 
from an emotional standpoint, you're talking about digging into emotions and what's probably holding you back. You know, how, how do you do that? Yeah. So I, you know, I like to look at myself and what I did because I was exactly in that spot five years ago of saying, okay, it was quite overwhelming. So I just started with basically anything that I could put my hands on, a book, um, a podcast, talking with someone in maybe a new community that I wanted to be connected with. Um, Mm -hmm. I worked with a coach who really changed my life. Um, And so I realized... So you don't need to, uh, you don't need to like rapid change your life overnight. You can take that book, really, really listen, you know, uh, understand it, integrate the practices, listen to the podcast, integrate that. So it is a step-by-step process. But what I realized is just even starting with those small things um, makes a big difference. And to be honest, what really jump-started my, uh, my growth was working with different coaches. Absolutely. So two big takeaways for me there. One, we have to be patient. So us high achievers, people who want everything to be done right now, I have to recognize that, okay, well, if I'm in this situation, I want to make some emotional change or I want to make some change in my life, it's going to take time. It doesn't. The outcome doesn't happen in a minute or in a second, maybe my decision to make a change can happen in that moment, but actually seeing the results. And so I have to give myself a little grace if I'm not exactly the way I want to be as I'm going through this process and building some integration and actually getting a coach. And so that's, I think, what the big takeaway is. So I've been working with a coach for for a few years and they've completely changed my life because what I've noticed about a coach, and I, I want to hear your opinion on this, is that they can see what you don't see. Yes. It seems like they're asking the most basic questions. I'm asking myself, why am I paying them a ton of money? Mm-hmm. But it's because they ask the simple questions that I can't ask myself. And even if I do ask myself, I'm not able to call myself on the BS mm-hmm. that I know that I'm saying out loud. And so from your perspective, how did that person help you unlock your potential so that you could start helping other people do the same? Mm-hmm. Well, it's very similar to what you said is that they saw blind spots, right? In many ways, um, I, I, I didn't know what I didn't know. And I had been, all I knew is that in 2014, I was sort of spinning my wheels, right? And I wanted that new equation in many ways that my clients mm-hmm. describe. And so in working with my first coach, she helped me see things differently. And I think that's a really foundational element here is seeing things or that shift in perception can be so such a huge uh, part of starting to build some awareness so you know what action to take. Right. So what I mean by a shift in perception is noticing where, you know, what a a potentially negative thought is leading you to take, uh, you know, action that you don't want or a self limiting belief starting to even sometimes we don't even recognize that we have them because we're in our own body. We're in our own mind. Right. How do we even know that we have them unless someone else can lovingly point them out? And mm-hmm. so starting to recognize that um, for me, it was that those slight shifts, which actually turned into big ahas over time, because if you, you know, looking at the I gain process, I integrated that 
And that has, has, you know, uh, really changed the trajectory of my life. So those uh, shifts in perception uh, were actually really big over time. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. So, you know, if I'm an investor over here or, you know, a high achieving person and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm pushing, I'm out doing really good things in the world. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm kicking butt and I just Mm want to get that little edge of my business. Mm -hmm. Why would I even consider focusing on my emotions? Why would I maybe not Mm -hmm. just focus on, you know, what's that next tactic or that skill? Why is this actually more important? Such a great question, Stephen. So when we needs to be a combination and when we look at the emotional world, when we start there, what we're actually doing is looking at some of the insidious ways that our emotions might be self-sabotaging us, might mm-hmm. be keeping us at a plateau. So what mm-hmm. I mean by that is if there's some ways, whether it's a mindset thing or an emotional uh, thing, a lot of times when we distract ourselves, so we reach for our phone maybe a couple more times a day than we want. When we go for that um, that late night drink or when we uh, maybe buy something online that we, uh, you know, we might have some regret about or even we might say something to our partner that doesn't really feel in alignment with us. All of these seemingly small things, if you're a high achiever, sometimes they're small, sometimes they're big, but these things don't just come out of nowhere, right? They come Mm -hmm. from uh, a place usually inside of us that we either haven't learned how to handle um, or don't have the, the edge on our Um, anything like frustration or anger or seemingly negative emotions that might be fleeting. But if we don't totally understand the ins and outs of how those might be getting our edge away from us, um, how it's keeping us at a plateau in work or relationships, then you bet you, you know, we're going to be stuck. And so these uh, understanding your emotions and how they work and how they may be keeping you where you are is actually such a key that will help uh, ignite that further further growth. Absolutely. So I recognize, let, let's say I'm in a scenario and I recognize that I'm sabotaging, mm-hmm. that I'm saying something that I don't mean while I'm saying it. I'm like, what am I saying? And you're in that situation. Well, what do you do? Because it's already happened or it continues to happen and you recognize that there's an issue. I mean, how do we start clearing that stuff out so that we can move forward and be a better leader or a better husband or a better partner? Totally. Um, And this is what I call emotional fitness. So, right, Mm -hmm. like being super aware of your emotions, being really strong in how to work with them so they don't sabotage you, right? Uh Um, So in emotional fitness, the whole idea here is that you, the first thing is being able to really recognize exactly what you said. In fact, you know, a lot of people don't even recognize when they're in it, when they're in Mm -hmm. the sabotaging. So it comes down to basically starting to understand that one, I mean, we all have emotions, but starting to be able to recognize and name them. When we can recognize and name our emotions, we're able to, uh, basically they don't have as much unconscious power over us, right? How many times did we uh, over, you know, over our lives, did we get angry 
but never said, oh, wait, I'm angry. Why, why am I angry right now? Right. It just, they can feel really powerful, right? Frustration, um, even, even joy, right? Like even some of the positive ones. So mm-hmm. when we literally name our emotions, we're actually creating some power within us mm-hmm. versus being a victim to the emotion. Right. So when mm-hmm. the emotion is could be overwhelming, we uh, by naming it, it's such a critical step. Once you name it, you can choose how you want to move through it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you create the your your power within yourself to say, all right, you know what? I'm angry right now. I'm really pissed about this or that. Like, what what can I do right now to um, either solve the situation or can I, you know, have some compassion for myself? Maybe I go take a quick walk. Maybe I, if I'm on the phone, say, "Hey, you know what? Um, I think can we can we have a call in in 15 minutes or tomorrow, and I'm, I'll be able to uh, really assess the situation a little bit clearer." Right. So Mm -hmm. in the moment, in real time, being able to come up with different strategies once you name that emotion. Um, and then, you know, really, like I said, treating yourself with, with compassion, um, which is, this is a, it's a really high level thing to move through all at once. So, so you recognize that you have, you have a moment, an area, Mm -hmm. an opportunity to grow and to improve. You're recognizing, you're identifying it. That's actually giving power. Because you're seeing that there's an issue, now you can work on it. Yep. Just like if you're working on something in your business, you got to know there's a problem before you can solve it. Mm-hmm. And so when you're in that situation, it sounds like you know one of the strategies is, hey, let me take a moment. Let me go do something. But there could be a ton of different ones depending on what it is that you're doing. And then you actually start taking action. But a big takeaway is that you got to give yourself a little grace. That you got to not beat yourself up because it's an emotional situation. You're hurting the fact that you recognize that, you know, there's all this emotion tied up inside. And the only way you're going to be able to move forward and grow is if you can give yourself a little bit of space to do so. Totally. And the way I see this is you want to move through it versus cycling in it. Right. A lot of us can uh, cycle in the same emotions over time. And then that has a ripple effect to everyone we know and love. Right. Versus saying, I'm going to take ownership. I'm going to move through it in a, in as healthy of a way possible. And then you're on the other side, clearer, calmer, and ready to take more consistent action. So let's say we're in a situation and we feel like we're in that cycle and we can't break the cycle. We just keep mm-hmm. being in it. It just keeps coming up over and over and over again. And I know so many high achievers that this is the pattern, whether it's in their home life or it's in their business life. And they just can't seem to stop doing that thing or they know exactly what triggers it and they know exactly what triggers the other person. And they're just stuck there. Like, mm-hmm. how do they break the cycle? Because it seems overwhelming that, well, it's just not possible. Mm-hmm. Versus believing that it is possible, right? Sure. That's that's the first thing is saying, Okay, I'm I'm in it and I don't like it and mm-hmm. I'm going to uh really take ownership for what this is, personal responsibility and also believe that I can change. Those mm-hmm. are like the three headlines in the beginning of of oh. really saying I I can I'm going to look for the opportunity to to shift it. 
So you recognize that you're in it and you mm-hmm. recognize that it's possible for you to change because until you get to that point where you recognize that it's possible to change and that you want to, yeah. uh, you can't, you're never going to change. You're just going to stay in it because you're going to feel justified in that emotion. Totally, totally. So yeah, I think those are the the big areas. And then once again, at this point, you don't, you know, you may not have a blind spot that you're in the problem, but you may have a blind spot that you're, uh, how do I get out of this? And um, that's where I think, you know, having that person, someone outside of you, for some people, Mm -hmm. it may be a friend, some people, it may be a mentor, a therapist, a coach, uh, whomever is in your circle, um, have helping you move through it. And like I said, this is about, um, not just the, not just staying in, but really building the confidence that you can move through and things will be different on the other side. Absolutely. And so you've been doing this for a while. Um, tell me, what do you think differentiates the people who succeed at making these changes versus Mm. the people who don't? Mm, Really good question. So, the first thing coming to mind is the curiosity. The curiosity that um, how can I look at this this challenge in front of me or whatever is going on? How can I look at this differently? Mm-hmm. Um, and really being open to learning. I know we talk about growth mindset, but it's so key being having mm-hmm. a growth mindset that, okay, I'm not sure of the answer, but I know I can grow. That's the the first thing. And second, truthfully, really desiring to change. If someone tells you, oh, you should do this, or there's a lot of shoulds, you might make some small incremental progress, but the, it's, it's when you make the quantum leaps, that is when you have the fire within you. And sometimes the fire is your own pain and suffering. And sometimes it is just, Hey, I know things can be better. Let's up level. Doesn't really matter, you know, what, what ignites it, but to sustain it over time, um, some, some pain or suffering or like, I want to get out of this situation might be the starter to ignite it, but to continue to up level, that will be your own desire, your own, mm-hmm. you know, uh, wanting for more for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is some really powerful stuff. What are some of the keystone habits, the things you do on a daily or weekly basis to help kind of strengthen this muscle so that you Mm. really can be your best self throughout all sectors of your life and business. Totally. So there's, there's a couple things. So one yearly, I have a a big mindset uh, and goal setting session um, over Mm. several days. So I really inventory everything from the year and I take a look at what went well, what didn't, how I want to change, and then really look at the upcoming year and uh, start to map that out. So that's a pretty in-depth process that I do uh, really in between Christmas and New Year's. And I give myself several days to to move through that. But that really uh, closes the loop on Mm -hmm. the year before and sets the stage for a great new year. Um, So that's the first thing is yearly doing that. Uh, Monthly, you know, I I look at, you know, I set goals. I look at... um, really three areas. So uh, it's called the DOS. So dangers, opportunities, and strengths. 
Um, mm. I forget who, who uh, coined that, but I go through that process of looking at what I need to keep in mind, um, what the opportunities ahead are for me, and then the strengths. So any type of resources or mentors or coaches or anything within me that is a strength to move me through that. So that's monthly. And then daily, there's so much. Um, I mean, I, I like to work out a lot. Um, I really eat clean. Um, in the morning, I have like a full, as soon as I wake up, I have a full glass of water. And um, and I also in the morning when I, I meditate, um, right before that, I write down every day uh, three things I'm grateful for and three things I'm proud of. And mm. the, the proud of is really important. Um, the reason why I started doing that is actually my, my coach really encouraged me to do that of not just looking at the wins on a weekly or yearly basis, but to look at it almost every day. Because when you look at even the smallest wins, that can help build momentum over time and helps really integrate the things you've done. So th that's a really important habit for me. I love all of those. I mean, it's so important to bring those things that you're grateful for or that make you feel good to the forefront. It's easy to forget. It's easy to forget how great things are. Mm -hmm. And that, that good energy helps probably fuel other parts when things aren't going as well. It kind of keeps you moving in the right direction. Mm -hmm. So we've made it to the growth rapid fire round where the questions are quick, but the answers don't need to be. What's a book that's impacted your life the most or one you're excited about right now? Mm. So one of the foundational books that really helped me early on was Byron Katie's Loving What Is. And, you know, I've read so many different business books and personal development books, but that one continues to come to the, the forefront because it can help you take any thought that may be keeping you in that cycle we were talking about and take you through four really simple questions um, to help you see the thought differently and help you make make changes. So I found that to be really groundbreaking. And I honestly had to read it several times to like really get it. So mm -hmm. that's great. I've heard amazing things about that book. And I know uh, one of my favorite mentors, Tony Robbins, has built his belief changing exercise mm. or off of Byron Katie's four questions. And I've, I've used it in my life and it's fantastic. And uh, I've been meaning to read that book. And now that you mention it, I'm adding it to my list. That's amazing. Awesome. So from an inspiration standpoint, who are some of your mentors, the people that you learn from, the people that you looked up to that really helped you and influenced your career? Mm -hmm. so there's a couple of people that come to mind. First is my, my first coach, um, Dr. Tracy Thomas. She helped me learn just more about myself and helped me mm -hmm. see all the things that I talked about earlier in, in our call, um, that they were superpowers, right. Of how, how I can see who I naturally am and that, um, that they can be of just incredible service to the world. So mm -hmm. she working with her was phenomenal. My current coach, Emily Williams, um, helps me continue to up level and really show what's possible in, in your life. And I think having that person that shows you like what is possible is so inspiring. Mm -hmm. Um, and the last person, honestly, not, not a mentor, but, uh, my, my now husband, we've been married three weeks. He, having a partnership 
that is mm-hmm. so equal and so supportive of each other. He also runs his own business um, and is a real estate investor. So having a you know a partnership that is just all about growth and all about collaboration and it, I think is just leaves you you know so much farther on uh, the the starting line <laughs> than than everyone else. So absolutely. Absolutely. And from a purpose perspective, what drives you to live your best life every day? Mm. Um, honestly, my, my own, uh, knowing my own experiences of where I have been, um, you know, we talked about all these habits and routines and things that I've done that's taken years to integrate. So mm-hmm. knowing, and like many people in, in the audience listening, um, I know what it's like to feel stuck. I know what it's like to feel like ah, I'm doing all this stuff, but nothing's clicking or things aren't moving as quickly as I'd like. And honestly, living my best life now every day helps me uh, thinking back to who I was. That inspires me to, to actually continue to move forward. I have so much empathy for that woman I was several years ago, that girl I was many years ago. Um, and to actually continue to push forward and see how much better it can really get. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. That's amazing. Um, before we part ways for the day, I really want to ask you an important question. I think a question a lot of people are going to ask themselves after listening to this is what should people look for in a coach? If they're going to go and they're going to be working on things from an emotional standpoint, mm-hmm. working on their emotional fitness, how they can be better and show up better in their life, you know, what should they look for? Yeah, great question. So the first thing that comes to mind is, does that person live in integrity with what they're teaching? So important, right? That the that person that you can, whether you have a discovery call with them or you're listening to them on social media or podcasts, whatever, has that person truly lived the what they're what they're teaching? And do they practice it every day? Mm-hmm. And that may be some subtle cues that you pick up, but that's the really the most important thing. I often think that, um, you know, you are your own methodology. What I mean by that is, are you living and breathing the thing that you say that you are doing, or at least practicing yeah. it if you're not at the level that you want to be yet? So that's the first thing is, are they truly practicing? And can you pick up the clues that they are in integrity with what they're teaching? Um, the second thing is, of course, you know, going on their website, learning about the work they've done, testimonials, um, you know, potentially speaking with past clients, really seeing that do, does this coach solve the problem that I have? And if you don't know the problem yet, start to get really clear on what the challenge or situation is. The more you can define that for yourself, um, and if, or, you know, in a conversation with a coach, the better you'll be able to see, do they, do they have the solution or working mm-hmm. is working with them the solution that I um, desire? Absolutely. Well, I definitely recommend that if anybody doesn't, is not working with a professional, um, somebody who can see some of your weaknesses, see some of the areas um, that you can improve on that you really should. It, it really made a big difference in my life. It's one of the reasons I was able to scale up you know, and buy 200 houses in the last two and a half years. And it's because I learned from other people who already went down the path. And then I learned from people who are way smarter than me at some of this stuff on emotional fitness, on personal growth, on personal development. And they saw the things that I was missing because I was having in a conversation with them and it made a big difference for me. So I definitely recommend it. And 
for, for those listeners who are interested, where can people find out more about you or get in touch? Great. Yeah, so my website is the best way. Uh, it's carlablumenthal.com. Um, and I do have a, a gift for uh, your audience. I have a, a workbook and an audio that helps people uh, really become more productive and focused by overcoming your inner critic. We've talked a lot about giving yourself compassion, right? So you're not get, getting caught in that cycle. And really, the one of the key areas, there's so many you know, productivity hacks, but an internal way to look at it is how do I stop self-sabotaging? How do I stop having those loud inner critic voices? And so this audio and workbook does that. And that's at carlablumenthal.com forward slash uh, investor mindset. So we'll include the link to that in the show notes for everybody. And I've gone through it. It's really great. I'd recommend checking it out. Um, so thank you so much. And it was so great talking with you. Thank you for teaching us a little bit more about how to be more emotionally fit. And I look forward to the next time we get to hang out. Thanks so much, Stephen. Thank you for listening to the Investor Mindset Podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share it with a friend. Head over to theinvestormindset.com to join the Insider Club, where we share tools and strategies from the top investors and entrepreneurs on how to take it to the next level.